Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy Hoffman. I'm Ian Camfield. DidYouAmerica.com is where we hang out. Or if you want to talk to us on the socials, on Twitter, it's Ian Camfield. On Instagram, it's Camfield off the radio. Congratulations, Jeremy Hoffman. We have made it to 100 episodes. Again? We might have done that the previous episode. If you listen regularly, you'll know that neither of us can keep count. But uh, New York producer who is better with numbers and just everything. Yeah, he's good at life. In comparison with us. Yes, he's good at life. Mm-hmm. To be honest, he's not good at talking. Yeah. I'm We're really not, bad at life, though. I, I, so. <laughs> yeah, you're only good That's in... the trade-off. You're only good in this room. Yeah, I'm not very good at talking either. Like, like you're good in that corner. But yeah, as soon I, as you leave that <laughs> corner of my dining room, it all goes to shit. My life is pretty much worthless outside of this corner. New York producer is uh, functional in uh, real life and counting and technical things, though. And he said that we were going to reach 100 episodes uh, this week. So if it wasn't the previous episode, it's definitely this one. Anyway, well done. Woo, we did it. And uh, thanks to anyone who's uh, listened, as I said, whether you've listened to all of them or you're uh, just new on board for this episode, we appreciate your support. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the latest uh, Alec Baldwin uh, news because we, we didn't cover this on the, the, the previous episode, but um, I, I feel like the news is coming thick and fast. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of details that make this a lot uh, shadier than I think a lot of people thought at first. Yeah, so the, the serious news headline from today is Alec Baldwin still faces further questioning regarding what happened with that loaded gun that he fired on the set of the movie he was making, uh, which killed one of the crew members. The, I guess, less serious headline of the new news relating to Alec Baldwin is that the woman in charge of firearms on Alec Baldwin's movie set once got yelled at by Nicolas Cage. (laughs) So she was tortured for life after that. Well, I mean, this almost gives Nicolas Cage a green light to be his crazy self on film sets because it's not the first time I've read stories that Nicolas Cage is a bit difficult to work with uh, when it comes... Well, I mean, I was going to say when it comes to things that go on off-camera, but on-camera, he's generally crazy enough, right? right? So, But apparently, yeah, off-camera, he can be a, a bit of a nightmare. Now this has been the case. Uh, next, next, next movie he's on, and he starts yelling crazily at one of the crew members, and they can go, oh, <laughs> Mr. Cage... You weren't very nice to me. He go, would you rather get shot by Alec Baldwin? <laughs> I'm saving lives. Yes, here. I'm literally saving lives. You know, this has been. Such- He's tortured because he couldn't save the life of that pig in the movie <laughs> Pig. <laughs> this is this has been such a tough year for the Baldwins. You know, like at first Hilaria got exposed as being a fake foreigner. Now <laughs> Alec Baldwin is being exposed as a murderer. Suddenly, Stephen Baldwin's not seeming so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, do you think Stephen Baldwin's going, 
surely now I'm going to start getting better movie offers. Right. <laughs> like, I've been on the C-list list for so long. Surely now I can... Because i tell you this. I know how to shoot a gun. Biodome to anyone? I mean, I don't know if he does know how to shoot a gun, but he's on the side of politics that suggests he probably would have had some training, he's right? He's definitely shot a few guns. Honestly, I would expect Alec Baldwin to have shot a few guns. The guy's crazy. When the, sto- when the story first came out, I was fully expecting it to be like, yeah, Alec Baldwin had one of his classic anger rampages and shot someone mm. but luckily for him it turned out that was not the case yeah but i i guess the um you know obviously terrible that uh, someone died but the the more serious uh, allegations that he's facing apart from you know whatever this is doing to him mentally um is that he was uh, an exec on the movie so he was producing or oh, uh, lose so much money now well i guess that but then you know the, the, the i i can't imagine the potential for court cases and payouts that are going to come from this. And yes, there's the thing that he pulled the trigger. um, And I guess there's going to be a lot of, well, this person was in charge of this and that person didn't check that and so on and so forth. But if he was the exec producer making the movie, then it's going to be very easy, depending on how you divide up the blame and the money when it comes to the the, the settlement, to, you know, his name's on the office door to a large extent, right? Yeah, I mean, not only that, though, imagine, you know, yes, he's now going to have to deal with all these legal issues and what's going to happen to the movie like do you imagine trying to go back to the set now in a month when all this blows over and they're like all right guys back to the church that's where we left off uh, here's a cold gun i guess we've done a rewrite and um we're just gonna make this a hallmark wedding movie right we've got the church we've written out the shooting and it's basically gonna be a boy meets girl they don't get along to start with but then there's a there's a happy ending and and, and a wedding at the end i got i gotta say this i was um i watched a video uh that trevor noah post in the last few days um because i i follow him to you know find out what the latest marxist thinking is and um in this case, I do think he, he had a good point where why is it that they were using an actual real gun? Because in Hollywood, it's it's all fake, right? Right. And you, I watched that. What's that movie with Robert De Niro that lasts about 33 hours? Oh, The Irishman. Right. So you can make Robert De Niro look 40 years younger than he is, quite convincingly, in The Irishman. But you're telling me that you can't make a, a, a fake gun look like a real gun for a low-budget Alec Baldwin movie. Not only that, every time I've seen, like, especially, you know, I think this is kind of like a Western-themed movie. Anytime you've seen guns shot off in those movies, that's, you know, going to be their excuse. Like, oh, it was older guns. We want the authentic look. They look like fake guns blasting off. Most guns, like, you don't see, like, the explosion coming right, out of the right, gun. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I uh, I don't know. I think, not to throw, like, a ton of conspiracy on oh, this. Oh, here we go. Okay, stand by, everybody. Grip hold of something firm. Jeremy might be about to say something controversial. I just think, you know, when they do get back to filming and all the legal stuff is done and, you know, when the movie's set to come out, Think of how much money this movie's gonna make now. This was like some terrible independent movie that no one had heard of. Now we're hearing all these stories of like how terrible the workplace environment was. This movie was gonna fail. I'm just saying maybe that director was like, hey, 
pop a bullet in here and you know let's make an extra few million on this project oh my God. is that terrible it might be almost as bad as the alec baldwin joke i did in the previous episode i'm just saying like if <laughs> if i'm going to be the first to throw it out there i want the theory to be on me well i mean i don't know i mean the um that theory's probably no more worse timed than a lot. I wasn't going to see the movie before. <laughs> now you're interested. I'm hundred percent see this movie now. What was so? Was it worth it? Yeah, I got to see that. <laughs> I it was good, I, but I don't think anything you've just said is any worse than what uh, Trump Junior has been posting over the, <laughs> over the last few days. Although, I mean, uh, they're good looking shirts. I'm, I, <laughs> What do they say? Is he seriously... <laughs> Guns don't kill people, Alec Baldwin kills people. Did, did, did Trump Jr. seriously post that? Right, yes. He's, he's selling different. them. He didn't just post he's it. Selling he's selling them. them on his website. <laughs> you can currently buy that. I mean, he's literally like, yeah, I don't care. I have 30 lawsuits against me right now. I'm pretty sure the law is that you can't have 31. <laughs> do you think his dad's going, <laughs> what are you going to do now, SNL? <laughs> Yeah, what are you gonna What are you gonna right. do? What are you, what are you gonna do now? <laughs> exactly. If, if, uh, if Alec Baldwin becomes uh, unemployable, and then one of the thirty other uh, uh, Donald Trump impersonators, you know, walk through the door, he's like, "Damn it, foiled again." Yeah, but Baldwin was like the best, though, wasn't he? <laughs> like, wasn't he? It was the one that pissed him off the most. The actual impression, no, not even not close. Really? Yeah, no, there were definitely better actual. Im- impressionist but, the, but the, not just the voice all the mannerisms oh, do you no, not he, think? he nailed it but there were definitely better ones than him alright yeah I mean I'd say he was bang on target with it um, I'm not saying it was terrible that was a bad joke uh, oh <laughs> oh my god he's always on target just ask what's your name oh my god <sighs> so my next thing right do you think if this tragedy that, of course, we're not making light of. No, of course not. Hadn't have happened. Keanu Reeves would have been given his stunt team on John Wick 4 Rolexes. Because it seems to me, right, that... And I don't know, everyone seems to think Keanu Reeves is a good guy. I feel like he's one of those people in Hollywood where, apart from his movies, you don't really know that much about him. And anyone that, that, that has dealings with him goes like, yeah, he's professional, you know, he's good. But it seems to me that um, after all of this publicity about the loaded gun and Alec Baldwin and blah, 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 blah. They're filming John Wick 4, which is loaded with guns, right. you know. And uh, Keanu Reeves was like, shit. Um, hey, get Rolexes for all of my stunt people. We want to make sure that people know that I treat people well. Yeah, take that, Baldwin. <laughs> he, you know what's great about that is, you know, there's there's a clear hierarchy in Hollywood. You know, some people are more famous than others. And there's no denying Alec Baldwin was near the top of this hierarchy for the last decade. And, mm. you know, Keanu Reeves, when he was first coming up in Hollywood, he was shooting up that ladder. Yeah. He got up to probably like second, third, second tier real quick. And then, you know, there was a decade where he made a lot of bad movies and he didn't work as much. And he slowly fell down that ladder. And then John Wick came out and he exploded right up to tier one. And now he's looking at the other actors and he's saying, all right, how do I get ahead of them? How do I do this? Now's my time to shine. I'm Keanu Reeves. And he sees one of the kings, one of the chosen ones goes down and this is his moment. He says, Rolexes, Rolexes for everyone. Like he's Oprah. Yeah, he just Oprah'd his stunt crew. It's it's a guaranteed move to move up the hierarchy. How do you think Oprah got to the number one spot? uh, She gave cars to everyone. Keanu Reeves is... uh, 
I've said this before, doing exactly the right thing with John Wick because I love those movies. I mean, they're totally my type of movies. He took on four people with a pencil. Like, that's the kind of, that's the kind, in my world, I'm like, God, it's so realistic. Um, (laughs) I beat people up with pencils all the time. I mean, it's just something that we're almost in Never Say Never Again territory here for good, good, believable stunts. Just wait for John Wick 7. (laughs) Oh, why not? Right? Um... But the, the, the strength of John Wick for Keanu Reeves is not the, the storylines or the fact that he can beat people in a fight using just a pencil. It's the fact that he barely has any lines in those movies. Keanu Reeves is not a good actor, right? So he just has to stand there. He's got, he's, he's got the moves, right? He's obviously in good shape, and I'm assuming he went for some training as to how you do all the, 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 the John Wick moves. So he carries that off very well. But the thing he can't do is act. That's always been his problem. And I think the people in John Wick, that they figured this out the it might have been um by luck because the first john wick movie actually was pretty low budget no one expected it to be the success that, right. that it was now obviously uh, john wick two and three very successful much higher budgets basically the same story but with a lot more special effects like die hard that had not much of a budget that's why die hard 2 is the far superior movie because it's the same story with more budget you disagree i will fight you for it <laughs> um, i'll just stay quiet over here but the um are you telling me i'm the only person who thinks die hard 2 is the better one anyway it's not the conversation for today we'll be i'm sure we'll be getting to christmas movies sooner than you think right i mean you know me i like talking about christmas in march so they've got the budget they could do anything and they've and they've upped the production standards and they've done a great job of that with the John Wick movies but the key to the success and I bet this was a backroom conversation that Keanu Reeves was not privy to was alright well we can do all these special effects and we can do this and this and this and this but make sure he's got no script <laughs> like the previous movie because if he has to act we're fucked can't do it like I'm telling you go go watch the John Wick movies with this in your mind his character, John Wick, barely says anything, and that's why it works so well for him. It's like him. the Terminator. You know, once they started giving Arnold lines, the whole franchise started going downhill. Right, right. We got you. Got to, You got to play to your strengths, and 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 Keanu Reeves' strengths are John Wick, Bill and Ted, and not speaking a lot. I love how he, he can play. He can give him lines in Bill and Ted because he's playing someone who's stupid, which is probably him. This just shows how much like how much anti England and pro America you really are. Hear me out on this theory. You're so against the Shakespearean form of acting that words, words mean absolutely nothing to you. You're like, yeah, get that shit out of there. I want to see guns. I want to see explosions. I want to see blood. Stop talking. And then you have a movie. Right. The best thing they can do with John Wick, and a lot of the scenes are like this, is just make them action and violent and don't have any dialogue. I don't need people giving me a commentary as to what's happening. I can see that he's beating those four people up with a pencil. Liam Neeson saving Jews? No, 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 no. Liam Neeson killing people for his daughter? Count me in. (laughs) Well, that was another good example. Now, Liam Neeson can act, right? So he's all right with a few lines, right? The thing that they need to do with ta- and, and, and they keep, he keeps saying he's not going to make Taken he's so going to make more Taken movies because every movie he's made since Taken is Taken under a different name right right there's one Taken on a plane there's Taken on a snowplow have you seen the snowplow one I have it's a but... fucking movie about someone who drives a snowplow but basically guess someone what? was Taken something, yeah, something <laughs> bad happens to people that he knows and he has to go on some sort of revenge thing so he keeps saying oh no 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 the Taken franchise has gone as far as it can possibly go 
That's blatantly not true because every other movie he's made since Taken, even if it's not called Taken, is Taken. I think the only move next for him to do is that he is the one that gets taken. Boom. Now he's the kidnapped victim and someone else has to take him. Um, maybe. The only thing that they need to figure out with Taken is to get, he needs to become like a, um, there needs to be more special effects in Taken. Not like to the John Wick level. So not words, but more explosions and more guns. So uh, Keanu Reeves is getting older, but he's still significantly younger than Liam Neeson is, right? right? Liam Neeson, uh, so I think Liam Neeson is in his early 60s. By my estimation, that means that Liam Neeson has got at least fifteen more years of Taken in him, right? <laughs> right? I do not see what if I do not see why Liam Neeson can't be making Taken movies at the age Mick Jagger is fronting the Stones right now. Liam Neeson is sixty nine. He will be making Taken till he's dead. He's sixty nine. He is sixty nine. Okay, so as I said, he's got fifteen more years of Taken <laughs> movies in him, right? So he'll right. be doing them till he's eighty five. All you've got to do is is put more special effects around him. So when he has to go find people, rather than getting in fist fights and stuff, he leaves booby traps for them. Right, right? he has to wear it's, bifocals. It's the same. <laughs> It's the same as what Sylvester Stallone figured out for the last Rambo movie. He made that in his 70s. It's very, very violent, but there's a lot more booby traps. He basically said, what about if I take the aesthetic of Rambo, but make it like Home Alone? Right. right? Exactly. That's what, Can't that, go wrong. That, that's what you need to do. So, God, we should be working in Hollywood. We, how we're not all right. Every movie would be Never Say Never Again, but... <laughs> And he winks at the. Have I said that? He winks at the. <laughs> and the O comes up right, and he's right. double like Mr. Bean, he drowns. We get it. <laughs> oh my god! I just it's like my it's like my favorite thing to relive. <laughs> we do it every episode. <laughs> well, maybe like every other episode. Imagine if that was the case. We're up to 100 episodes now. We've actually spoken about Never Say Never Again 50 times. I guarantee you, it's at least been mentioned in 30 episodes. <laughs> We had a big Bond run there. <laughs> I know. We bonded over Bond. Uh-huh. Well, not really, because no. you're thinking, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, fuck I'm not into side. it. <laughs> Again. Oh, my God. Reason, I just reminded you why you hate me, actually. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Never right. say never again. Great film. Great film. Uh, we, I want to talk about Ed Sheeran and Adele saving the music industry. And um, also we should do something on uh, Halloween and ghosts because it's nearly Halloween, right? Uh, before we get to that in part two, quick reminder of this week's songs of the week. You can vote at digiamerica.com or there is a poll currently on my Twitter. I'm Ian Camfield on Twitter. Uh, my choice for this week, the new one by Slash, which is called The River is Rising. I went with Big Subwoofer by Mount Rushmore by Mount West. Westmore. Mount Rushmore. That, yes, the presidents are out here <laughs> with fat rhymes. <laughs> That's with a PH. Yes. See, I know hip hop. <laughs> uh, New York producer going with No Bad Days by Bastille. So No Bad Days by Bastille, Big Subwoofer by Mount Westmore. You got or it. The ri- I, know, I told you, I know hip hop. You're a professional. Um, or The River is Rising by Slash. Digiamerica.com or on Twitter, you can vote at Ian Camfield. Part two on the way. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? Thank you for hanging out with our 100th, we think. Or 101, yeah. or 99, who I mean, knows? Still, it's a, great, uh, it's a great achievement. 38? Episode. <laughs> He's Jeremy Hoffman, I'm Ian Canfield. And uh, you know who we should also say well done to? Ed Sheeran and Adele for saving the entire music industry. They've done it. They really have. Um, th- there are a handful of older artists who have managed to retain 
a really huge fan base to the extent that if if they put anything out they still sell loads of copies like almost everyone else in the music industry doesn't someone like acdc are in that category right right but i feel like it's more impressive the numbers of sales and downloads that ed sheeran and Adele get, and also the, the the numbers of concert tickets that they sell. Because it seems to me that Adele and Ed Sheeran are the only artists who are under 60 years of age that are still operating in terms of sales, be it tickets or music, like, you know, the peak 80s music industry with, like, so much money ever had. I think the most shocking part of their success though is not you know both of them have incredible singing voices but mixed with just the most horrendous talking voice of all time well i i I will say i mean ed sheeran isn't as bad but both have very thick accents which usually here in america we're like nah get out (laughs) well that's why we've accepted you you have a very subtle accent (laughs) the Adele's talking voice does make me like Adele because I don't know, like she's <laughs> when she's on record, right? She's singing about the ex-boyfriend, and it all sounds like these lyrics that everyone can relate to, and she's got a voice of an angel. And then suddenly you'll hear an interview with her, and she's like, "God blimey, governor, fuck me!" I'm like Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins, but with curse words. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'll tell you this: my ex-husband, what a fucking cunt. Anyway, there's twelve songs about that on my. A new album. Do you think sometimes that lady Susan Boyle looks at Adele and she's like, she stole my whole thing? <laughs> oh, I get it. She's not the most hideous thing to look at. <laughs> that is the first thing. Like, okay. If you were doing an imitation of Adele and she didn't have that speaking voice it would be a funny character on a sketch show if you had that like voice of an angel singing like oh, Adele yeah. but every time the character opened her mouth she spoke like Adele does but Adele is 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 actually like that and so i find here's the thing with Adele right i i would never choose to listen to an Adele song i think some of the songs are 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 decent her appeal to me uh, it, it makes sense that she's got the, the the huge appeal that she has because she's basically middle of the road bland music, and it seems that it's still if you deliver that and you do it well, which Adele does, there is still the mass population who like that kind of of bland thing. So right. I understand how she can have such mass appeal. I mean. Um, she put uh, did a pre-sale for some shows in Hyde Park in London, which is Hyde Park's like 70,000, 80,000 people. She crashed websites just making it like, hello, look, I'm going to go down the park. Do you want to have it? Like, I'm going to be in the park next summer. Oh, Fuck me. I hope you ain't pissing down. <laughs> Fucking hell. Take your brollies every... But brollies what they call umbrellas. I was like, i got to go to this Take concert. Take your brollies every day. But, so, so, but she, she crashed websites just by putting... the putting the gig on sale so people love Adele but I've, I, here's another idea, idea for Adele 
just based on the fact that she's got that sort of bubbly personality and that speaking voice, do you not think Adele doing stand-up comedy would be way more entertaining than her singing? <laughs> that would be... Well, I mean, the, you'd have to deal with so much more of the actual voice, but no, that'd be incredible. She I, needs a career change. I Seriously. Well, I, she did. She went viral a few weeks ago because I guess she did a, a TikTok or something where she was answering fan questions. I guess she was more like, you know loose and normal but no i want to see like real bits maybe but like old school style bits like jokes that are definitely going to get her canceled well if because you you probably aren't familiar with this but in the um in the 70s in england the earliest sort of very popular form of stand-up comedy in the uk uh were comedians that used to play do you know what i mean if i say working men's clubs does that make sense i don't know how to say the trans like translate a strip the, club? No. Oh. Translate it into English, uh, into American. I don't know what the... Um, like kind of like a cigar lounge where you would go like after work and like, nah, see? Yes, but the most blue collar... Ver- like if it was a cigar... Like a dive bar. If it was a cigar lounge, but roll your own cigarettes. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, ah, we um, don't really have... Just a gross bar. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it to to, to American listeners. But anyway, they were very... um, They were either very northern from the northern part of England or sort of like Cockney Londoners all talk like this, right? right? And uh, every fucking joke that they did would have been banned now. They were like racist, sexist. Like it it, it, it was just the norm. The closest they would have got to doing a joke that might be acceptable now would be a mother-in-law joke, right? Like the, the, the typical, right, right. The, uh, these things that were called working man's clubs, the typical night would be like, all right, well, take my mother-in-law. No, do! You know, those kind of things. But And then they go, hang on a minute, I'm just going to put my blackface on and do an impression of Michael Jackson. See, but Adele already ruined her comedy career. You know why? Because everyone knows when a fat comedian gets skinny, they're no longer funny. <laughs> She took all her fat. She said, Jeremy, I'm leaving your basketball team. She gave it to Ed Sheeran and said, Ed Sheeran, you're on the squad. So my point being, uh, Adele wouldn't want to do all of the racist, sexist jokes. But with her voice like this, right, every fucking comic from 1970s working man's clubs in England spoke like this, but they were geezers, right? They weren't They were birds. And secretly, but- they all had beautiful singing voices. <laughs> I don't know if they had beautiful <laughs> singing voices. But I do think, you know, I mean... The two nights in Hyde Park. I'd be like, oh, I, someone said it'd be funny if I did some mother-in-law jokes. Now I said I ain't gonna do the blackface, but we're gonna go back to nineteen because I already got into trouble when I wore some Afro-Caribbean headdress, head hair beads when I went to a carnival in West London last year. People said I was appropriating their culture. And anyway, so I'm not going to do none of that, but I'm going to talk like they did in can you, 1970s. Can you please do the rest of the podcast like As Adele. this? Yeah. And I'm going to do a stand-up routine. I'll be like, oh, are you fuckers? Can you hear me in the back? I'll tell you what. I went to the fucking toilets in Hyde Park. My God, do they fucking stink. 
This is no. I, no, this I'm, is, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, would you prefer Adele doing that than "Hello from the Other Side"? I want to hear that song in the real voice. I want to hear the song sung in the Gilbert Gottfried voice. I think everything that Adele does would be funnier in that voice. Imagine if she re-recorded one of her albums, but spoke it like William Shatner speaks music, but she does it in her voice. <laughs> Again, this is. The perfect combo would be to get her and Gilbert Gottfried in a room, let them battle it out over who's the new Aflac duck. They can tell their inappropriate jokes, and we'll see who gets canceled first. You know, the, um, uh, the I always think of Adele um, when I was flying to the, the, um, the US, and I, I don't know, maybe it was just by chance. I don't know if this was a standard thing, but it seemed like when I was living in shitsville and i used to i used to visit america like two or three times a year and go please let me live in america i just want to be here and um it it always she's got that song chasing pavements do you know that song i don't it's from the first album um it always seemed that when i used to fly british airways when the ba plane you know what they like they, they touch down and then there's that bit where they tell you you're not supposed to take your straps off because we're uh, what everyone does and pulls out yeah, their yeah, phone yeah. right yeah at that point for like a few years it seemed to me maybe I'm misremembering it for some reason BA would always play this Chasing Pavement song from Adele and it was it was always like that was the first bit of music that came through the Tannoy system when we'd landed even that Imagine the plane's touched down. All right, you fuckers. We've had 10 hours in the air. You drank all the beer. I hope you didn't have sex in the toilets, you dirty bastards, if you did. Anyway, we're here now in DFW, so get the fuck off the plane, because we've got to clean it, and we've got to put some other people in here to go back the other way. This is Adele. Thanks for flying, BA. Come back soon. No? I love it. I, I'm wondering, like, why are we bothering with her singing? That's what I'm saying. Well, because apparently, whatever 70,000 people times two, hang on, I've done the math. Um, 12? That's 312,000 people. Um, <laughs> I think you'll find my math is correct. I think you got it. It's that new math. That, um, yeah, new math. By new math, that's 312. Um, that amount of people apparently want to go see her at Hyde Park. I don't know. We'd, we'd have to sort of test the waters with, oh, it's Adele. I'm doing a club tour. No, I'm not, you silly fuckers. No, people can, uh, loads of people want to go see me at Hyde Park. I fucking crashed the internet, didn't I? You know, the world, that www.fit. I, it stopped for me because so many of you wanted to go online. Anyway, the thing is, we're trying out a new thing, and I'm going to be doing stand-up comedy, all right? So I'll see you at uh, the uh, Tits and Ass Club Tuesday night at 9. Oh, she's not even getting a headliner gig. She has to go on, but she's still doing, like, open mics in the middle of the week. Well, this is she's got to do a quick comedy routine, then, like, go up the road to a stadium. Hello! from the other side yeah. see I think you gotta do one or the other I think it's time to give up the music thing we've heard enough alright so I get Adele was a very long winded way of <laughs> <laughs> see I wrong you clearly do not get Adele we're trying to get her to do something else no I'm just I just think that stand up Adele is more entertaining right. than singing Adele I don't want to hear singing Adele but I get a lot of people that do like it the Ed Sheeran thing I find truly perplexing because, well, I'll say this for Ed Sheeran. 
I don't think he's like bland middle of the road. Adele's got a great singing voice. That style of music has been done a hundred times before. And generally, if it's done well, a lot of people like it. They like those love songs. They like the kind of things she writes about. They like it set to that kind of, you know, bland vanilla music. Right. Ed Sheeran is um, his own thing. Uh and he has managed to take. I, I see. I look at Ed Sheeran performing. Right to me, he looks like a one-man band that used to stand outside the subway stations in London with their asking for money. When one foot's hitting the drum, and, and then he's playing a guitar and he's singing something. And you know, it's, it's like a busker standing outside a subway station. But yet, Ed Sheeran's doing it at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, what? Do I still throw the dollar in the guitar case? It's kind of far, I'm far from the stage from here. And 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 I and I, whenever I uh, look at Ed Sheeran and see the level of success that he's got, I always think to myself, my God, not only are you making all that money from playing these huge venues, but also it's just you. You've got no overheads at all. Like he's got, he's he's sussed out whether it was by luck or whether this was a, a premeditated thing. He's sussed out so many pitfalls of the music industry. A, he doesn't have to share the money with any other members of the band, and B, there is no band for him to inevitably fall out with, like bands right. always do when they get to a certain level of success. My thing with Ed Sheeran, you know, he's so here's the difference in my book between him and Adele. For Adele, like. Sure, I'm not a huge fan of the music, but you know, up until this year when she started dating LeBron James' agent buddy, like mm. you never really saw her. Like she didn't go out of her way to be in the public eye. And now, like she's really kind of going out of her way to be in the public eye. Yeah. Ed Sheeran, who again, I don't, I couldn't tell you any of his songs if I heard one. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's Ed Sheeran, whatever. But he just seems to be everywhere. Like anytime there's a performance. It's Ed Sheeran. Anytime there's an award show, it's Ed Sheeran. SNL was like, yeah, he has COVID. We're still, even though we've never done this, we're just going to throw a remote version of him, not have a real musical guest this week, because the guy is everywhere. Yet, I cannot tell you one Ed Sheeran song. Even right. when the Cowboys were playing the first game of the year, all of a sudden they're like, oh, here's the booth with the commissioner. Ed Sheeran's in there. Was he? Yeah. The guy's <laughs> everywhere. But I don't know what he does. Oh, hang on. Breaking Ed Sheeran. Getting fat, apparently. Breaking. This has literally just come through as an alert on my phone from the Sun newspaper. I balloon to 15 stone on a diet of beer and chicken wings, says Ed Sheeran. That's the latest headline. Well, that's perfect. See, I told you. Adele gave him all the weight, and now he's the perfect fit for my basketball team. <laughs> that... Uh... <laughs> We talked about this last episode. All you need to be good at basketball is a little bit of chub on the belly. It's me, it's Luca, it's Fred Durst, and now Ed Sheeran's on the squad. We just need a fifth. Yes, because as we said on the last episode, in your mind, you look the same as Luca. Yeah. 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 That is another thing that Ed Sheeran also figured out early doors. He came out being fat and ugly. I mean, I know you're not supposed to call people fat and ugly anymore and you get cancelled for it, right? But he would be the first person to say that he's not the most good-looking person around. So, again, not only there's no overheads from a band, there's no other band members to fall out with, and he also doesn't have to go through the middle cycle or later life part of a bit of a big band where they start to like lose their hair or get fat or lose their looks because he never really had them he also has like the dumbest tattoos on earth just trying to like be the cool rock star guy like i feel like ed sheeran's your friend who he 
he was always like the smaller, chubbier kid in mm, school, mm. and he always got picked on. It had like a little bit of a Napoleon complex, and then all of a sudden, you see him after like two, three years of college, and like he's clearly on steroids and is jacked up, even though he's still five six. That's Ed Sheeran. He just wants to come off as way cooler than he is. But no matter what you're gonna be like, dude, you're a dweeb. Go to the back and play your guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, he's, uh, he's, he's doing, uh, he's doing big numbers uh, in all regards. He's, I, I don't know. I just, as I said, I, the, the difference between him and Adele is I sort of get that Ed Sheeran is, you know, more unique. Um, I just don't, um, you know, these are the kind of artists that will be the big headline act that Glastonbury will book. They'll book a bunch of trendy hipster bands and then they'll have like an Ed Sheeran or Adele and people will gush over it. And um and I'm always like, you took a shit in a hole in the ground at Glastonbury to watch. Now, if Adele was doing the comedy ten, <laughs> right. oh my, I would quite happily be shitting in the corner to get my spot. You know, Adele's with you shitting in that corner. That's her style. Doesn't she seem like an outside shitter? I've I've heard it's the first bit of her comedy routine. <laughs> Check she's this like, out. She's like. Fucking hell. Now, listen, I come from the UK in London. We're a bit behind the times. We still got outdoor toilets. I've got an hole in the ground. It's how I keep myself grounded. This might make me sound... That's why I had to split up from my husband. I said, I don't want no throne to shit on. An hole in the garden will be fine for me. Call me crazy. I hear that voice. I'm assuming you're using an outhouse. (laughs) You don't have running water in your home. Uh, just something to uh, wrap up on today's episode because uh, it will be the last one that we do um, before Halloween. Um, so half of Americans believe in ghosts. I don't know if they necessarily do. I feel like this is an obvious headline to run in the the, the, the run up to Halloween. Um, do you think? Do I think ghosts are real? Half of America believe, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, half of Americans are idiots. Yeah, no, half of Americans definitely think ghosts are real. I, um... You don't know how many friends I've had my whole life who, like, every every little bit of, like, conspiracy, aliens, anything that's, like, clearly, like, science tells you there's no fucking chance. My friends are the ones who are like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. That's real. That's real life. Does science tell you that there's no chance of ghosts, though? This this is my reasoning for why there's no chance of ghosts. If ghosts were real, no one would masturbate. (laughs) Because you would... uh, What? You want your dead relatives? You think they're just leaving? Your dead relatives are watching you masturbate. If That's the worst part about having a relative die. If... If ghosts are real, my dad is disgusted with me. All he does is watch me masturbate. I'm disgusted with him. What a weird ghost. Go haunt someone else. Yeah, my, um, I, I see, I'm sort of, we've bashed uh, psychics on this podcast before because uh, I don't really believe in, in any of that. I think they're, you know, people that are just taking your money because they're telling you things that you want to hear or you're paying them to tell you things that if one of your friends said it, you wouldn't like it from your friends. But if a psychic tells you that your dead nan's sending you the message, then, um, you know, you might, uh, you might uh, sit up and pay attention. Um, with ghosts, I don't know. I've always been of the opinion of uh, maybe they are real, maybe they're not. Uh, just from the point of view of I don't really know what I believe because I, I sort of think, well, why should we be the only thing down here? Why, why shouldn't there be something else? I don't know that there is, um, and I don't know what that would be. I just think I like you know I'm 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 open to the idea. The thing that really scares me about ghosts is not that 
at some point I may be bothered by one. It is that when I die, I could be bothered as a ghost. Because (laughs) if you buy into one school of thought about ghosts, some people would have you believe that these ghosts are guardian angel type figures that are around to help people that are living the life that we're living here to guide them or protect them or do stuff like that. I don't want to be given that joke. Like once you're dead, it's the ultimate lie down. It's right. like it's like having a sleep in on a Saturday, but forever. How great does that sound? And you're going to tell me that some little shit that I've somehow got some vague connection with that could be like generations and generations beyond in my family that really I don't have any kind of uh, association with is going to be calling on me because apparently you have ghostly duties to do, and I've got to do stuff. I don't want a nine to five spiritual existence. See, you're looking at ghosts as in too much of a realistic way. I would want to be, if ghosts were real, I would want to be like the cartoon style ghost. Like I put a white sheet over myself, I cut two eye holes, and I just go around screaming boo and spooking people. That's the Halloween way. You're trying to do the, you know, other 364 days a year type of ghost. No, no, no. I want to be the Halloween ghost. Right. Yeah, but even if it was, because I mean, because here's the thing, right? You're dead a long time. So even if you were called on one day a year on Halloween, I was still like, oh, I've only been laying down. It's one for- day. <laughs> it's eternity. One day out of eternity. You can do that. Don't be so lazy. I don't know. I would be like, oh, I've only been dead a thousand years. I don't. I, I do more of a lie down than this. I've got to go spook people on Halloween now. Like, See, I- this is why the vampire route is the way better way. You're just alive still. You get to do whatever you want. You just kind of like your hours are flipped. You know, you're up during night. You party all night and you sleep all day. I I don't know. That's I, what I, Kiss I, told us to do. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very into the idea that um, you know, once you're gone. I mean, I love having a lie down. And, like, the idea that death is the ultimate lie down. Like, the stage before that, the best living example I can think of is that period where Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys wasn't very well and he went to bed for three years and just ate birthday cake. Right. Like that, I mean, oh. Or where his, his, the, the guy who was scamming him was telling him he's not that well and should lay in bed I, for three years. I don't know. Cake, I but... feel like he was practicing for death right. and just going, like, I'm probably, with that amount of birthday cake, probably getting quite close to it, right? That's the, like, that's the problem, though. That's the difference in death you know heaven you get birthday cake hell no cake i don't know i think someone uh, might have said to him you know if you you know if when you do eventually die you're probably going to be called on to be someone's guardian angel and you're gonna have to he's like oh for fuck's sake stop stop feeding me cake i don't want that i thought i was just gonna stay in bed until i immediately pass on right but who's forcing you to being this guardian angel i don't know what the rules are that's the point we don't know until we get there what i'm saying is i make the rules i say you get to decide no but what about if when you get up there you realize that some fuckers that i'm going to become in the deal what about if you when you get up there you realize some fuckers <laughs> down here are the ones that are making up the rules what about if you can be summoned and you're like oh you know i don't know have you not seen it's a wonderful life that angel that had to go save um you uh, know i haven't seen it's a wonderful life why have you not seen that movie dude i'm jewish jews can't enjoy it's a wonderful life Nah, that's not my thing I get hit with I get hit with movies like this every year. I don't need it. I don't. You do. It's a Christmas movie, right? It's no? set on Christmas Eve. Okay, so then is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It's about as much of a Christmas movie as Die Hard is. Okay, 
So then, yes, it is a Christmas movie. So you've not seen Die Hard? Ah, ah see? damn it, damn it. <laughs> right? You have, and that's why, Touché, you, that, that's why you know that Die Hard 2 is the better version. <laughs> um, d- d- right. Well, let me tell Go you, on. you know the basic premise is that this angel has to come down and sort out James right. Stewart, right? Yes. Well, I tell you this, that there are points in that, spoiler alert, there are points in that movie where that angel is greatly inconvenienced by having to stop James Stewart from committing suicide. Now, at no point does he go... Oh, I thought I was going for the ultimate lie down, like Brian Wilson eating a load of cake, but much longer term. In fact, Brian Wilson hadn't gone to bed for three years by this point, so he wouldn't have had that as a, as, as a comparison. Time out. It's a Christmas movie about suicide? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, now They're in- showing kids this? Now you're interested. No, it's terrible. <laughs> you didn't see anything like that in Eight Crazy Nights. You just saw Adam Sandler in a cartoon for him getting really depressed and drunk. Look, anyway, the point is, is that that angel has to go through a lot of effort, and I, and I, and I, felt, and I don't no, but I, my takeaway from it is that the angel didn't have a lot of say in whether or not he was going to get sent down to save James Stewart. Now, it's a good thing that he does save James Stewart because otherwise we never would have got real window. And where would we be without that Alfred Hitchcock movie? So when do we get the real ghost rules? Well, I don't know until you go up there. But oh, what who wants to, All right, well, let's figure it out. See you guys. It's not going to be 101st episode. What I'm, what I'm saying is... I've got some fears about that. Okay. Right? So my ghostly fears are what happens to me once I'm a ghost, not ghosts coming down. I'll call Alec Baldwin. He'll help us figure it out. (laughs) He's not busy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he's taking calls at the moment, though. (laughs) All right. That'll do it for... uh... this episode if you want to talk to us digiamerica.com you can send us a message via the website if it's easier for you on my socials Ian Camfield on Twitter or on Instagram I am Camfield off the radio did we America today you know we did